hope so. I hope so. On the night of November 19, 2010, a Utah park ranger by the name of Brody Young began his evening patrol through the Utah desert when suddenly he noticed a lone parked car off the side of the road. Young looked into the vehicle and noticed that there was a man sleeping in the back seat. He began to tap on the window to wake the man up. When the man came to, Young asked him to identify himself and to provide ID. The man gave him his name but proceeded to tell him that he had no physical form of identification. Young took the man's name down and returned to his truck to run the information through the system and on a suspicion and a gut feeling decided to call for backup as well. Then suddenly, without any warning, gunshots rang throughout the air, piercing the silence of the desert night. The first shot, Young, in the first shot, Young was hit in the arm. The next three shots went through his uh, body armor, and it pierced him in his back and began to run through all of his vital organs. The suspect then approached Young, who was now on the floor, and continued to shoot him. However, Young did not die. When the man turned his back on Young, Young rolled over and managed to crawl to his truck and began returning fire. The last thing Young heard before passing out, amen, was hearing the man yell, you got me, and then he slipped away into the night. In a final attempt to save his life, Young got on the radio in his truck and called for help. After about an hour or so, although it seemed like an eternity, helicopters landed in the middle of the desert, amen, and took Young to Moab Hospital. Despite surviving this horrible incident, Young died several times while in surgery. Against all odds, he did survive, and he eventually recovered, at least physically. For the next several years, Young suffered horrible nightmares every night. He said that in these nightmares, he would be at some sort of a social event when suddenly a face would emerge from the crowd and he recognized it as the man that shot him in the desert that night. He would reach for his gun, the man would reach for his, and they would begin the shootout all over again. Young was permanently traumatized. What made things worse was that the man who shot him seemingly got away. Then one day while Young was sitting at home, Young's lieutenant and captain showed up to the door, amen, and asked him if they could talk. Young knew that this was serious, so he stepped outside and closed the door behind him. His lieutenant then told, it, his lieutenant then told him, we found him, we have caught him. Brody Young in his mind was thinking that they had actually captured the man. His name was Leroy Ariano. During their gunfight, Young managed to shoot Ariano and fatally wound him. No one knows how, but Ariano some way was able to stagger miles away from the incident and into a cave and there lie himself down and then die. In an interview regarding the events of November 19th, Young told a reporter that although this incident was horrific and traumatizing, he said during the whole thing from the gunshots to being hit to dying in the hospital, he said, I could feel the comforting arms of God. He said, I knew from beginning to end that I was going to be okay. 
The reporter then asked Young something which I personally found rather odd, if not altogether odd. He said, do you think that Leroy Ariano felt the same comforting arms of God in that cave right before he died? Young, who seems to be some sort of Christian, responded with these three words, which I don't think anyone could have ever expected. I hope so. You see, when a person has a genuine experience with Jesus, something dramatic and unexplainable happens. They will live the rest of their lives hoping that everyone they come into contact with will feel what they, what they feel. When a person has a real experience with Jesus, it doesn't matter whether it's a friend, an enemy, a foe, it makes no difference to them. If they have had a real encounter with Jesus, they're going to wish that encounter onto everybody else. Can you say amen? Oh, come on. Hallelujah. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, you'll want your manager on the job to have an encounter with Jesus. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, you will want all of your family members to have that encounter with Jesus. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, you will want everybody who's ever hated you to have an encounter with Jesus. When you have an encounter with Jesus, you will wish that everybody you come into contact with could feel what you feel. Hallelujah. Is that right? Hallelujah. Is that right? Hallelujah. I'm talking about a real encounter with Jesus. I'm not talking about confessing Jesus with your mouth. I'm not talking about easy beliefism. I'm talking about a supernatural, genuine, real deal encounter with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about coming out of the water. Amen. Speaking in tongues. I'm talking about lifting your hands. Amen. And speaking in tongues. I'm talking about coming into church. Amen. At the lowest point of your life and knowing that God is the one that is lifting you up out of all that mess and out of all that mire. Amen. When you have a real deal touch of God in your life, you're going to want everybody to have that same thing. You Amen. You won't attack people of other religions. You'll desire them, amen, to come to truth. Amen. You won't wish your enemies dead. You'll hope that they'll be born again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, amen, hallelujah, everywhere you go, amen, is a date with destiny. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, amen, you are thinking everywhere you go, amen, I might just win this person of God right here. I might just tell this person. I might just, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. In the book of John, chapter 4, amen, the woman at the well had a real encounter with Jesus. And when she encountered Jesus, amen, Jesus, you know, you would think that every encounter with Jesus, amen, would, would, be, would be summed up in some beautiful event. Amen. This woman was told you were living in adultery. Amen. You, you have married four men and the guy you're living with right now, that ain't nothing but your side man. You're, you're, you're shacking up. You're living in sin. Amen. Come back next week and we'll talk about that. But he told her you are living in adultery. You've been in adultery. You are a hot mess. And this woman got excited. She said, sir, I do perceive that you are a prophet. Oh, God, help us, amen, to fill this building with people that when they are confronted with their sin, they get excited about it. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm talking about some good old-fashioned church. Hallelujah. Amen. When you get called out, when you know pastors reading your mail, when you know that the visiting preacher is reading your mail, you ought to get excited about it. Praise God. Don't get mad. Amen. Don't get bitter. Don't leave. Don't get twisted up. Amen. Get excited about it. Amen. Make things right. Amen. This woman told Jesus, 
She said, I do perceive that you are a prophet. Amen. She said, I've never been called out like that. I've never had anybody read my mail like that. She said, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to tell everybody, amen, about what just happened. Uh, you know why? Because that woman knew everybody else's sins. Amen. She knew everybody else that was messed up. She knew all the people that had trouble. And she said, if this man could help me, he could definitely help them. Praise God. She went back home. Amen. She left her water pot right there at the well. She said, there's something more. Amen. There's something I need more than water. There's something I need more than air. There's something I need more than bread. Amen. I need this experience with Jesus, and I need everybody I know to have this experience with Jesus. I hope so. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. When God asks you, amen, what you desire for your school campus, amen, hallelujah, it should be I hope so, amen. I hope that everybody can experience what I experience. Amen. When God asks you what you desire for your lost family members, you ought to have an I hope so in your spirit. I hope that they experience God like I do. Amen. When God asks you about your ex, praise God. Amen. You, it's getting quiet. Praise God. You ought to say, I hope so. Praise God. I hope they get saved. God knows they need it. Hallelujah. When he, when he asks you about your enemies, the people that did you wrong, the people that robbed you, the people that took money from you, the people that spoke evil of you, amen, the people that hurt you, the people that stepped on you, the people that ran you over and then hit the reverse, praise God. Your heart's cry ought to be, I hope so. I hope they feel Jesus. I hope they get a touch of God in their life. I hope so. Come on, somebody. I hope so. Praise God. In Mark chapter 7, the Bible tells us about a man who is deaf. Amen. They asked Jesus to pray for this deaf man. The Bible says that Jesus spat on the ground. Amen. Hallelujah. Stuck his fingers in the guy's ear. Amen. I don't know how, I don't know how many of you would stick around after that. But Jesus stuck his finger in the guy's ear and begins to pray. The man's ears opened up. And when his ears opened up, Jesus said, listen, be thankful, but don't tell anybody. Man, this guy was just a rebel. He could not listen. He would not listen. He refused to do what Jesus told him. In fact, the Bible, the King James Bible uses the word publicized. Amen. He said, no, it's too late, Jesus. You just did for me something that nobody could do for me. It is too late, Jesus. I will not keep quiet. I am going to publicize this everywhere I go. Hallelujah. Amen. My whole life, amen, I have not been able to hear, and now I can hear. Amen. There was another man that Jesus touched his eyes, amen, spit on his eyes and opened up his eyes. And Jesus said, don't tell nobody. He said, it's too late. Amen. I'm going to go tell everybody. I want every. Amen. You know, back in those days, if you were deaf, there you hung. Not too different from today. If you were deaf, you hung out with the deaf people. If you were blind, we have a blind man here. He goes to a blind school. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm telling you, in Bible days, it was no different. Amen. If, if you were afflicted with some situation, amen, you, you, you had to start congregating with people that were of the same affliction. And when these people got healed, they said, I am going back to tell them what God can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe your situation may have not been physical. Amen. Maybe you were somebody who was afflicted with depression, suicide. Amen. Tormenting thoughts. Maybe you were somebody who was afflicted with low self-esteem. Maybe you were somebody that was afflicted. Amen. With all kinds of relationships that had gone sour and bad. Praise God. Maybe you were somebody that was just, maybe nobody even knew it, but you knew that deep down inside of you, you had a crushing Amen. Experience. Amen. Hallelujah. But God has kept you and God has delivered you. And you, your heart's cry ought to be, I hope I can get this out to as many people as I can. Hallelujah. I hope that I can tell somebody else. 
you know, I don't understand. And I've, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been preaching 20 years now, and I really don't get it. I just, I'm, I, I, and I didn't come to beat anybody up tonight. I prayed and cried and asked God, God, don't let me be mean. Amen. Hallelujah. I understand uh, that everybody comes to church voluntarily. Hallelujah. Nobody was forced to be here tonight. But let me say this, and, and I, I hope I don't offend anybody, but in my 20 years of preaching, I simply do not understand how people can be delivered from amazing situations. Amen. How people can be delivered miraculously. And amen. And want to keep that to themselves. Amen. What you have is powerful. What you've experienced is awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. I'm not trying to be a clown here, but can I tell you, if I saw a pig fly, I don't care if that pig flew 100 miles per hour or 2 miles per hour. I'd be telling everybody I just saw a pig fly. How fast or how slow the pig moves. If a pig is flying, that is a miracle. And you know, a lot of times, we don't tell nobody about the miracle because Jesus did a slow miracle. And we think the only ones worth talking about are the ones that happened right away. My back pain went away right away. But this crooked limb straightened out right away. We needed money and it came the next day. And those are the only ones we ever talk about. But nobody, nobody talks about that one miracle that took five years. Nobody talks about that one miracle that moved at two miles per hour. Nobody talks about that one miracle that, that you know better than anybody else that had it not been for Jesus, your life today would be in shambles and a wreck and a mess. Amen. You need to go tell it to somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You need to go tell somebody, amen, that God can do a miracle in their life. Hallelujah. What God has done for you, he did not do it with the purpose, amen, and the intention that you would keep that to yourself. God did not save you, deliver you, rescue you, provide for you day after day, week by week, even if it was mouthful, mouthful by mouthful, even if it was just a bite at a time, even if it was just an inch at a time. Can I tell you that Jesus did that with the hope that you would go and tell everybody about what he has done for you? You ought to hope that everybody can experience what you experienced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I hope so. Jesus delivers in Luke chapter 8, he delivers a man who is demon possessed. Hallelujah. This man is full of spirits and Jesus sets him free of every single devil that had him bound. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him. He says, I want you to go back home. This man lived in a town called Decapolis. Deca means 10. He came from a big city. And you know what that man wanted to do? The Bible says that when he was clothed and in his right mind, he was standing at the feet of Jesus, holding on to Jesus. And he told Jesus, wherever you go, I'm going. Jesus said, I'll tell you where you're going. You're going back home, and I'm going to keep preaching. You're going that way, and I'm going that way. And he said, nuh-uh. If we're not careful, we can be just like that man. Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be faithful to church. Wherever you're at, I'm going to be. And Jesus saying, I'm with you, now go. This experience that you have, this is for everybody you know. This experience that you have, 
It's for your city. It's for your neighborhood. It's for your neighbors. Amen. It's for everybody you know. I didn't save you just so you could hide in church. I didn't save you just so you could, amen, find a, find your favorite chair. I didn't save you. I can't tell you how many times I feel like telling all y'all to sit in different seats. Praise God. I mean, I know some of us pay for our seats, but that's not why you paid for the seat. Praise God. You paid so that you could put somebody in that seat. Hallelujah. We didn't, we, we're not, we're not trying to find our favorite spot in the church. We're not trying to do that. Amen. We're here. We got work to do. We're, we, we got work to do, people. I got work to do. You got work to do. Amen. My mom needs to be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of y'all's moms need to be saved. Amen. Some of us have brothers and sisters, cousins and uncles and aunts that need to pray back through. Some of us, we know that this year has been the worst year. This year and last year and the year before has been the worst year for our families. They've been going through all kinds of trouble, all kinds of mess. And here we are, amen, on the outskirts with this glorious gospel. Well, pastor, you don't know I've tried to talk to them so many times. Then just find somebody that will listen to you. Amen. I'll never forget. I talked to all my uncles. They laughed. I talked to all my aunts. My uncles didn't like, let me talk to my aunts. They said, you ain't indoctrinating me. You ain't indoctrinating my wife. Get away. I said, that's fine, but I'll get your kids. Praise God. Hallelujah. One by one, I started bringing all my cousins, amen, to church. Hallelujah. They started getting the Holy Ghost. Some of them are a hot mess today. Amen. But 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 their cousin tried. Hallelujah. I was going to talk to him and talk to him until I found. Yeah, I'm telling you, you keep digging, you'll strike gold. Amen. You keep you keep looking, you keep knocking, the door will open. You keep asking, somebody will come out. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands right now and pray. I feel a good spirit. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I praise you. Come on, we need to pray right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, I pray that right now you would help us. God, you would challenge us in the name of Jesus. And somebody say amen. Jesus himself considered it completely acceptable to tell his apostles in Acts chapter 1 that after you have an experience, after you receive power, you will, you will what? You will be my witnesses. If you get this Holy Ghost, it's called the Holy Ghost, not the Holy Post. He didn't give it to you to post up. He said, if you have this experience, you're going to be my witness. Not too many people think they're his, they're his lawyer. Jeez, don't need a lawyer. Your job is not to go around arguing with everybody. And, and, and maybe in the, in the years to come, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start talking about all the works of the flesh. But one of the works of the flesh is debating. One of the works of the flesh is debating. I'm not here to debate nobody. I've debated enough people, and I know how it always ends. I've, I've gone, listen. You will know when somebody is sincere. I had a man the other day want to meet me here at the church just to debate. I said, no, thank you. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Go debate somebody else. I got Bible studies to teach. I got hungry people messed up, amen, that were just where I was, amen, 21 years ago. I got things to do. Bro, I don't know what you're doing, 
you, you must obviously not be convinced about what you have, that you want to go around arguing with everybody so that it comforts you and so that you somehow feel affirmed in your beliefs and in your experience. Listen, I feel affirmed not because I've, I've read 10,000 scriptures, and I've read 10,000 scriptures. That's not what makes me feel affirmed. That is a part, that is what I'm grounded in. That is what I stand on. But let me tell you what affirms me. I have had an experience, amen, that I cannot question, that I will not betray, and that I will not throw away. Hallelujah. I've had an experience, and that experience compels me to go out and be a witness. Somebody say praise God. Hallelujah. But it's not going to hurt you to strike up a conversation. If you shy, go find a shy folk. Do shy ministry. <laughs> but do something. You know, just, just this past Sunday, on, on Friday, was it Friday? Leah and I, we sat right here with Brandon. Gave him a Bible study. He, you know, some people would think, perhaps you think that it is easy for me to get up and talk. And, and let, me just, let me just say this. It is it is challenging beyond anything you can imagine. And, and, and I know everyone's not like this, but for me, it's like this. It is challenging for me to tell somebody, hey, listen, you're going to speak in tongues on Sunday. Because the minute you tell somebody, like, this is going to happen to you, a little voice come up and say, you lying. And if it doesn't happen, you're going to destroy their faith. You should have just kept making banana bread. And we sat right here with Brandon, and we taught Brandon. And I just started, I took Brandon down all the verses, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. We read all of that. And then at the very end, and let, let me tell you something, Brandon, if, if you guys don't know Leah's friend Brandon, Brandon was not raised in church. Brandon, Brandon just really barely became a Christian in any persuasion. But we baptized him here. How long has he been gone? A year. We gave him Bible studies for seven months. He, he went away to China for a year. He came back, and he sat right there, and he said, I'm, I, we got to go back to China. Man, I, I just feel like I, I need something. And I told him, I said, Brandon, we didn't get to talk to you about this before you left because we were, we were still in Bible study. We just take our time around here. You know, some people might be might criticize us and say, you know what, y'all take too long on Bible study. Yeah, but we'll see who wins a saw at the end of the year. Because I'd rather win one than none. And I don't want just, I, I, I told myself years ago, Sister Harris, I said, I will not let one year of my life go by where I do not win a saw. I got to win somebody every year. And I can do something or nothing. And if I do nothing, I get nothing. Because you reap what you sow. You reap wind, you sow wind. You reap seed, you get, you get harvest. And so we, we sat here, we gave him a Bible study, and I told him, I said, Brandon, you know what? You, you, he's way back on Joshua and Moses in the wilderness. We're nowhere near the, the day of Pentecost, Holy Ghost. We're there, we're not, we, got, we got a few years till we get there. Because we're making disciples. When you make disciples, it's a slow grow, slow game, long game. You're not even in a hurry. I'm not one of these people that opens up the Bible and tries to get you to Acts chapter 2 as quickly as I can. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to know. That's how you make a disciple. We're not talking. We're not talking about just crusades. 
trying to have a church that's going to be here, kids here, 30 years later, people still here. Pastor die, new pastor, people still here. Church go through trials and havoc, church is still here. Why? Because people were discipled. Can go to China for a year, come back, and still hungry for more. He told us, he said, I've been in China for years. He's going to go to church in China. He had no options. He has to go to the phenomenal church. You know what he felt? Nothing. I told Brandon, I said, Brandon, I said, okay, Brandon, this is it. You're going to get the Holy Ghost, Brandon. You're, man, this is going to happen for you. You know why? As hard as that is for me, you know why I do it? Because I hope that he could experience what I did. Leah might articulate this differently, but you know why she stuck with it? Because she wants her friends to have what she had. It's not that complicated. At the end of the day, that's really what we're, you want to know my agenda? That you might have what I have. And I, I told him, I said, Brandon, you're going to get the Holy Ghost Sunday morning. It was just me, him, and Leah. Brandon pulled up to the church, or the day before, arguing with his wife about who was going to get the Holy Ghost first. He went home and told his wife, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get this thing. The pastor told me I'm getting it. She said, well, I want it. I'm going to get it. He said, well, I'm going to get it first. She said, I'm going to get it first. She said, he said, you weren't even at the Bible study. He came up here. The, we were done with the Bible study. Leah opened the Bible back up. She said, Brandon, let me show you this. She said, look at this. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And 39, it says, repent and be baptized. You've already been baptized. She said, and you will receive the Holy Ghost. She said, it's a, it's a promise. And so those of you who remember, those of, those of us who had coffee on Sunday morning and were wide awake, amen, you will remember that Sunday morning, Brother Justin Poindexter read straight from that verse. Brandon was thinking, man, this is my day. Never been in Pentecost. And he's, that's, he's already claiming that verse. He's getting, he, he's gonna, he's already married to Tiffany, but they're gonna have another wedding. And he said, we're, we gotta quote that Acts 2 38 through 39 verse at my wedding. Come on, somebody. Come on. When's the last time you had a birthday party for your kid and you said, before we blow these candles out, Peter said, unto them. When's the last time you had a major event in your life and you said, you know what, everybody, hold on, before we eat, I just want to, I just hope that you can get something that I have living deep inside the reservoirs of my soul. Hallelujah. I just want to tell you, amen, that there is a promise from heaven that you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brent and, and Leah can fix my story later. I might be butchering it. But Brandon's already calling his friends. He said, hey, have you ever read this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 10? We've never even heard of such a thing. So let me tell you about this. Amen. He doesn't even know that he's supposed to like that verse. He don't even know the apostolics. That's their thing. He don't even know that. Amen. But he's already addicted to that thing right there. He's already fixed on that thing right there. He's already focused on that thing. Why? Because he had an experience. And when you have a real experience with Jesus, you're going to want your wife to have that. When you have a real experience with Jesus, amen, he's already thinking, he's got to go back to China. He's already thinking, maybe God saved me so I could be a minister to China. Amen, amen, I don't know how many billions of people there are in China. He ain't intimidated. He ain't shy. He ain't, he ain't thinking of ways to hide. Amen, coronavirus and all. And he's thinking, man, God got a calling on my life. I wish some of that would get on us. I wish some of that, amen. 
Amen. Your, your pinky hurts and you're texting me telling me you ain't coming to church. Amen. We got to shake all that stuff off. We got to say, you know what? I got what I got. Amen. So that I could share this with the world. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I hope the kids can get this. Oh, hallelujah. I hope my, I hope my friends can have this. Amen. I hope. Uh, come on, somebody. I hope so. Oh, let's worship Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.